Welcome to Grief with Grace, the podcast for mothers who have children in spirit and who are now navigating life after the unimaginable. I'm your hostess, Lori Latimer, and I am one of those mothers. Each week, my guests and I will be sharing with you insights, stories, tools, and inspirations to help you find moments of joy in the everyday. Because even on the darkest days, there is joy if you know how and where to look for it. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Grief with Grace podcast. I hope you're enjoying this podcast and are receiving value from it. And I really do want to hear from you. So email me at lori at lorilatimer.com and let me know what you like, what you want more of, what topics you want me to cover, because I'm doing this for you and I want to give you what will assist you on this journey that we're on together. All right, so let's get into today's topic. If you're on my email list or in my Facebook group, you know that I talk about a concept I created called the Four Pillars of Wellness. I developed this, oh gosh, several years ago, and it's one of the things that helped me the first year of my son Greg's passing, and it's what continues to help me each and every day. I share this with my clients, and it's really helped change so many of their lives. I was sharing it with my clients before Greg passed away, and I continue using it in my work now with moms who have children in heaven. So this isn't just a theory or idea. It's really something you choose to do each and every day. The four pillars of wellness are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And I like to use the example of a chair when I talk about this. There are four legs on a chair. If all four legs are strong and solid, then the chair is strong and solid. If just one of the legs is weak, wobbly, or compromised in any way, then the entire chair is weakened and wobbly and compromised. The one weakened leg will also compromise the other three legs of the chair because they then have to overcompensate for the one weak leg. Does that make sense? I hope so. Well, the same is true with our wellness. If all four pillars are strong and solid, then we as a being will be strong and solid. If one of the pillars is compromised, our health and wellness in all four pillars will be compromised. Now, you might be wondering why I'm so passionate about, passionate about this and why, what in the world it has to do with grieving moms. Well, obviously, I want people to be healthy in general and take better care of themselves because we can all do better. And I raise my hand for that as well. But beyond that, for us to be able to connect with our children in spirit ourselves, to find those moments of joy in each day, we have to be healthy in all four pillars. We have to raise our vibration up out of the lower level energies and emotions of grief. So in our current bodies, in our third dimensional lives, we vibrate at very low and slow frequencies. Spirit, on the other hand, vibrates at higher frequencies, really high frequencies. That's why we can't generally see or feel or hear them. To connect with them, they lower their frequency and we have to raise ours. So in my work with my clients, I help them shift those lower level emotions and we work on increasing the strength of the four pillars so that they can raise their vibrational level. So I hope that gives you some context for why this is so important for us as moms with children in spirit. All right, so let's dive into each of the four pillars individually. The first pillar is our physical health. When people talk about health, this is generally what comes to most people's minds. 
and this should be pretty straightforward, but as I started my trainings and certifications about eight or 10 years ago in wellness and personal development and ultimately spirituality, I realized how misinformed most of us are. And I was too until I started really digging deep into this topic. But you know, actually, let me back up a little bit. It was back in maybe 1999 or 2000, somewhere in there. I remember, or maybe the early 2000s, I remember hearing Suzanne Summers on the Larry King show. I know I'm dating myself, but go with me here. She said something that really struck me and it stayed with me all these years. She said that when you go grocery shopping, shop the outer portion of the store, the outer aisles along the walls, because that's where all the fresh foods are. She said the inner aisles of the store are filled with all the boxed and processed foods. And think about it. So here's an example that I came up with after I'd heard that you know, a few years ago. You can buy a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese, put it in your pantry, and in two, three, four years, it can still be cooked and eaten. So how much nutrition do you think is in that? The only way it stays edible that long is by filling it full of chemicals, unhealthy chemicals. I'll give you another example. A couple of years ago, an attorney brought a loaf of bread into the law office I was freelancing in so that he could make sandwiches at lunch. That loaf of bread, that one same loaf of bread, sat in our kitchen out on the counter for over 10 months, and it never got moldy. Now, he used part of it, but he didn't work in the office full time, so he wasn't there every day eating a sandwich. But when he was there and he would eat a sandwich, that bread stayed good for 10 months. It never got moldy. It did get a little bit hard and a little bit stale, but it never got moldy because of all the chemicals and preservatives in it. This was just a regular loaf of bread, a name brand that you would all know that's in every typical grocery store in America. Now, I could seriously, obviously, talk for days about this whole topic. So I'll sum it up by saying this. Buy fresh whole foods. Read labels. Refined sugar is so bad for our health and it's hidden in Almost every processed and packaged food, every carbonated soft drink, um, you know, the name brands, diet drinks, all of them. Oh, it hides under many clever names, but it's still processed sugar. Fresh fruits and vegetables, organic grass-fed meats and dairy, um, herbs and spices. Eat those. And water, lots of purified water. And if, if you get sick and tired of just plain old water... Add some lemon or cucumber slices with a sprig of mint or some fresh berries to your water to give it some flavor. All right, let's move to pillar two, which is mental health. Now, this is about illnesses and disorders related to our brain, as well as how we think and process information. Now, piggybacking on pillar number one, our mental health starts in our gut. That's right, our gut, and most people don't realize that. You can research it for yourself. But many of our feel-good hormones, such as serotonin and dopamine, start in our gut. So we have to feed our physical bodies the proper foods and nutrients to support our gut health, which then supports our mental health. When you have the proper levels of things like serotonin and dopamine in you, you're a lot less likely to struggle with things like depression. I had been using um, Plexus products. Plexus is a network marketing company. Um, I'd been using their products and supplements for about a year and a half when Greg left this life. So my health was in really good shape. I continued using them for the most part that entire first year. There were days where I admit I didn't because I just 
you know, it was all I could do to get up in the morning and, you know, take care of what I needed to take care of. And, you know, supplements were not high on the list, but it was rare that I missed a day, but I did miss some days that first year. But because I had taken such good care of myself for so many years and added those supplements in for about a year and a half before he passed away, I was able to stay out of the really deep depression when he crossed the veil. Now, I'll admit I did encounter some panic attacks and low-level situational depression in that first year because some other things were going on in that first year unrelated to Greg's death that also caused me a lot of stress and anxiety that I won't go into, but there was a lot going on. And so I was able to stay out of that low-level depression um, for the most part, although I did as I say, struggle with it a little bit. And I'll talk about that more in a few minutes, but it wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been. But here's another critical point I want to make about our mental health. Our mental health is also about the thoughts we think on a daily basis over and over and over again. When we get stuck in negative thought patterns and loops about anything, it affects our health in on every level. It can affect our emotional health, leading to emotional eating, leading to the proverbial spiritual dark night of the soul, as they call it. So it can affect all the pillars. And here's an example. I know many moms, including myself at times, think about our child's last moments in this life. Those thoughts can be brutal. They can bring us to our knees. They can take us right down. If we can stop those thoughts when they spring up, if we can shift them before they get too deep and too strong, then we can rise above them and positively increase and support our mental health. Or if we have tools and techniques we can use when those thoughts do come up again, then we can rise above that and support our mental health. And I want to mention one last thing about our mental health. And this also, again, impacts all four pillars. And that's about alcohol and prescription medications for things like depression and anxiety. I am all for whatever helps in a situational context. Just don't allow yourself to become dependent on these things. Alcohol is a depressant. And so if you're already depressed, alcohol is going to amplify your feelings of depression. Prescription medications negatively impact our gut health. So if you choose to use any of those things, do it mindfully with the intention of it being a short-term solution. So going back to my own experience, I did choose to go on an antidepressant for about three months toward the latter part of the first year. Um, it was in the early fall of that first year. And I did it very intentionally, knowing that it would only be for a short period. I weaned myself off of them after three months. Now, I'm glad I used them when I needed them because they did help. And I'm glad I only did it for a short period of time because when I weaned myself off of them, I felt so much better than I had before, and I was in a much better space in all four pillars. So some things that you can do to support your mental health are journaling about your thoughts. Often just writing them down is enough to provide significant relief. Another thing is to engage in a favorite or a new hobby. Focusing our mental thoughts on something we enjoy can give us so much relief as well. All right, let's move on to pillar number three, which is our emotional health. Now, many people often confuse this with our mental health, but they're actually very two distinct pillars. So this one is about how we process our emotions. Unfortunately, similar to grief, which I spoke about in an earlier episode, Western society has not been good about positive emotional release or expression. You know, 
the sayings, um, things like big boys don't cry or don't be a drama queen. Those are common expressions. And they're telling us to suppress our emotions, that our emotions are somehow wrong or bad and we shouldn't feel them or express them or display them. So we've been taught to hold our emotions in and to suppress them. People often hold their emotions in because they don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. And that's particularly common when it comes comes to the emotions related to grief. So when we suppress our emotions, eventually they manifest in physical illness. Um, a great resource or reference for learning more about this is Louise Hay. If you don't know who she is, she was the founder of Hay House, which is a huge metaphysical company organization. She was diagnosed with what was supposedly an incurable cervical cancer when she was around 50 years old. She believed that she developed that cancer because of her unresolved issues related to childhood rape and abuse. And she healed her body of that cancer by addressing those emotional issues, along with various other holistic treatments such as nutrition, therapy, and reflexology. She wrote a really good book called You Can Heal Your Life that I highly recommend. And she just passed away about three years ago at the age of, I think she was right around 90, maybe close to 91 when she passed away. So our emotions impact every aspect of our health in such deep and profound ways. When our energy is low, when our vibrational rate is low, we're stuck in those lower level emotions such as guilt, shame, anger, uh, blame, anxiety, depression, and so many more. Do those sound familiar? Yeah, these are all the emotions we carry when we're in deep grief. And these are what we work on shifting in my pli- private client work. So one thing you can do to support your emotional health is to feel your feelings. Don't hold them in. Don't suppress them. Really feel them all the way through. If feeling them brings you to tears, then cry. Let it all out. As long as you are not harming yourself or anyone else, it's healthy to let them out. Okay, we have one more pillar, pillar four, which is our spiritual health. Now, this one also often causes some confusion. You know, people often equate spirituality with religion. They tend to think of going to church and some type of organized religious rituals when they think of religion. Now, spirituality may incorporate teachings from a particular church or religion, but it goes so much deeper than that. I saw a graphic recently that depicted this so well. It showed a fish in a fishbowl in the ocean. So there's a fish inside a fishbowl, and the fishbowl is inside the ocean. The fish and the fishbowl were labeled as religion, and the ocean was labeled as spirituality. So it was basically saying that religion is a subset of spirituality, that spirituality kind of encompasses all religions and beliefs. So I thought that was such a great way to describe the relationship and the difference between the two. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I am not denouncing or criticizing any religion at all. Everyone is entitled to her own beliefs. I chose to step away from organized religion many years ago and seek my own beliefs in, I guess you could say, the broader context of spirituality. But it all has a place. So back to spirituality being pillar number four. We have to have some foundational belief, some belief in something larger than our physical bodies. That's where we find comfort in our grief. That's where we find hope and solace. That's where we find our moments of joy. And that's where we find our connection with our child. 
You know, I think most, if not all moms who have children in heaven, at least those that I've spoken with, and I've spoken with many in the last 17 or so months, um, you know, we've all questioned God or been angry at God at some point on this journey. And when I say God, please use whatever word or term works for you there. It might be God, the divine source, the universe, whatever. But to keep it simple, I'll use the word God. But we all question how this could have happened, how God could have taken our child. I think it's healthy to question and to be angry. The key is not to stay stuck in that space. And most of us don't stay there. We do come out the other side. Having a strong spiritual pillar allows for the healthy questioning, healthy expression, and healthy way to build a new relationship with your child and spirit. Now, one way you can strengthen this pillar is by meditating. And I know that many people think they can't meditate. But meditation can be as little as sitting for two minutes, just two minutes in silence. And yes, your mind is going to race around like a little toddler. And that's okay. One easy way to quiet your mind from all the scattered thoughts is to just silently repeat a mantra over and over again, such as, um, what's an easy one? I am safe. Okay? Repeat that over and over in your mind. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. Over and over again in your mind for two minutes. You do that consistently for a week, and it's going to lessen the mind chatter that starts to come up when you do sit down to close your eyes for a few minutes of silence. It's going to lower your stress levels. It's going to bring your physical body back to a more balanced state, and it's going to help raise your vibration. And who wouldn't want more of all that, right? So I give a lot more examples for each pillar in my free guide, Sacred Self-Care for Grieving Moms. And of course, some of these tools and techniques assist with more than just one pillar. So don't think that meditation is only going to help with the spiritual pillar. It's going to help on all four pillars. If you haven't received your copy of that guide yet, I'll put a link in the show notes for you. Again, it's completely complimentary and it contains so many examples of things we can do to support each of these four pillars. And then there's also a, um, I think I called it a sample checklist. And there's also one you can print and customize for your own life. All right. So that was a lot. I know. Um, I'll admit there were times in the first year of Greg's passing that I didn't focus on these pillars like I had previously. I just didn't have the energy. There were times when, I'll admit it, it was easier to pick up the phone and order a pizza that I knew I could get three meals out of than to even think about cooking healthy meals, let alone have to go to the store and buy the ingredients and come home and do the cooking. Just wasn't going to happen. I had a morning routine for almost a decade before that that went flying out the window most of that first year. And here's the thing. I was okay with all of that. I gave myself grace because my world had been turned upside down, inside out, and was completely in shambles in, in almost every possible way. But slowly, I started getting nudges, little sparks of, of desire inside of me to get back to my rituals and routines that had served me so well for so long. Now, did I jump back into all of them at once? Oh, absolutely not. You know, I remember I tried morning journaling about three or four months in. I think it, it might have even been two or three months in. It was really pretty early on. It just didn't happen. So I set it aside. Instead, I spent more time outside in nature when I could. I started taking my dog on, on more frequent and longer walks. So I found other things to support me. 
And then when I was able to do other things like my morning journaling, I did. There's no roadmap, no step-by-step formula that you can follow. Everyone's journey is different. But by doing what you can, when you can, you'll continue to strengthen each of these pillars. And bit by bit, day by day, one day you'll look back and you'll see how far you've come. And I want to add a disclaimer to the end of this podcast. I am not a medical doctor, and I would never, ever suggest or encourage anyone to stop taking any medication that a doctor has prescribed for them or to not follow their own intuition on what's best for them in any moment in time, especially under the care and direction of a physician. As I said, when I knew that I needed help with the low-level depression that I was experiencing, I did go to a psychiatrist, I guess. Yeah, a psychiatrist to get a prescription for an antidepressant. I believe that modern medicine is miraculous in so many ways, and there are times when it is necessary. That was one of those times for me. So don't ever stop anything that your doctor has recommended or prescribed for you without consulting him or her first. So that's all I have for you for this episode of Grief with Grace. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Grief with Grace podcast. Be sure to join our Facebook community and follow me on Instagram at at Lori underscore Latimer. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you receive a reminder when new episodes are uploaded. And please leave a rating and review so I can continue to bring you fresh new content each week. If you find this podcast valuable, and I hope you do, please be sure to share it with a mom who could use a little extra support. Until next week, I invite you to find a moment of joy today and every day.